What is going on, moms and dads? Welcome to another episode in our NFL preview series where we go division by division, try to identify fadeable narratives, the ride teams, the fade teams, whatever else the dads are feeling heading into the 2022 NFL football season. Whether you're listening or watching, make sure you follow our Twitter at FadeUSports. That's really where the most fun happens. Through the Twitter, you can get the link to our YouTube page where these videos are posted uh, make sure you subscribe to our TikTok as well. That link is also available on the Twitter. And uh, make sure you subscribe to the pod. We have uh, a guest we're recording with tomorrow. Uh, we have another outstanding guest uh, next week. So we got some really, really good pods coming up. So make sure you are subscribed to the Fade You podcast. And again, all of those links can be found in our pinned tweet, which again is on Twitter at Fade You Sports. Today, we are previewing the good old NFC North, I think did did Chris Berman used to call it the the NFC Norris? Is that what he used to call it? The Norris division? Is that right? Old I don't remember. Oh man, we're getting old. Size and- <laughs> trying, to remember, trying to remember Boomer on NFL primetime. But today we are doing the NFC North. It is the third of our division previews. So if you missed our NFC West or our AFC East with Fat Bills fan Jared, make sure you check those out on YouTube or in podcast form. So again, we have talked about this on both previews. We have no idea what the fuck is going to happen. So all we can do is talk about it and take our best guess. These are just perspectives and not predictions. All right. So last season in this division, Packers 13 and four, Vikings eight and nine, Bears six and 11, Lions complete dog shit. 313 and one. Now, how does that translate into win totals this season? That's where it gets a little interesting. Packers 13 and four. I think they have 13 wins, two straight seasons. So, win total must be really high, right? How about 11? Vikings nine. Lions six and a half after three wins last season. And then the Bears are. Six and a half juiced heavily to the under. So I don't know where do you where do you want to start, Neil? Let's start on top because the board. I, I think it's the most interesting one. Although they're boring, I think it's the Green Bay Packers. So right, three consecutive years, Maddie, with thirteen wins, right? And last year, going up to seventeen games and still hitting on thirteen. But if you remember, there was that dog shit Detroit Lion game in Week eighteen. It would have been that they lost by a touchdown. Um, so you can kind of throw that one out. So you're talking three consecutive years at 13. Um, you have the Devontae Adams news, right? Which I think is putting a little too much into one guy, if that's the reason. Because in honestly, when I was trying to think about this team, this is kind of a quiet Green Bay offseason, especially compared to last season, right? Like last season it was – is Aaron Rodgers going to retire? Is he going to come back? Is he going to get asked to be traded? Well, how is he going to play, et cetera, et cetera? Like, it was really confusing if you go back and look at the narrative around the Green Bay Packers last offseason, whereas, okay, Adams, but 
Rodgers doesn't come out and like throw a fit about it. He's right doing whatever cleanse out in the desert or wherever he did his 14 day vomit and, and shit fest. Like he's just being Aaron Rodgers, and I, who knows? Like I'm inclined to fade if this, that this has come down and I kind of want to bet green Bay over 11 and a half wins. I think it's just an overreaction to Devontae Adams, and I think they're going to be fine. It's just a quiet offseason. I think they're just going to go back and have business as usual Green Bay Packers-type season. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot there, and I want to I want to get the drugs right that <laughs> Rodgers allegedly took. Uh, so I'm going to get on that in a second. How about this, Chris? So – Packers, 2019 wins, 13. 2020 wins, 13. 2021 win total, 10 and a half. How many wins? 13. All this team fucking does is get 13 wins. Why is the win total 11? Yeah, I know. I was just going to, when I was thinking that when uh, Neil was talking, I was like, yeah, he, I mean, you're on the right side taking the over because all they do is go over. So it's like, it's not like, you know, they've fucked you the last few years, but uh, I like the the angle of, of maybe people think, Oh, no more Adams. You know, who do they have? Lazard's maybe their number one, like Rogers doesn't have anybody. So yeah, maybe they, they are thinking regression and maybe that is an overplay. That's kind of fading uh, narrative. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've got to like, I mean, all Rogers has ever done is win. Um, he's only got one Super Bowl. He's, he has a rough time in the playoffs, but in the regular season, I mean, all they do. And, and we get frustrated every year because they fucking lay these bait lines with the Packers, like minus four and a half, minus five. And we're like, oh, they've got to lose. Right. And they just go out and win by seven or 10 every time. So. Um, that's all they do, man. And uh, they obviously always dominate that division. Uh, Rogers owns the North. I forget a couple years ago, he had some insane record against, you know, Lions, Bears, and Vikings. So, um, yeah, Neil might be on to something. So, all that being said, Chris, all they do is just dominate the division. They sleepwalked 13 wins. What's their week one line against the Vikings? <laughs> yeah, with that being said, I'm going to be on Viking poop one. <laughs> what do you, do you have that line? What is it? Week one. I I thought I saw like Packers minus one, one and a half, something like that. <clears throat> Isn't it? Yeah. Super smelly. Yeah. yeah I'm sure Packer, Packers minus two at Minnesota. <laughs> A little free. I wonder. Parlay. Gosh, I wonder what Dennis will be on. I wonder. Okay. I mean, Neil, those are good points about this. Like somehow, I don't even know if it's, it's negative buzz about them, but there's just like no buzz. And maybe you're right. that People are overreacting to Adams being shipped out and, and them having no name receivers to throw to. So it'll be really, really interesting to see what those guys look like the first few weeks. And it looks like maybe they don't miss a step at all. So, um, we shall see. How about Minnesota? I feel like this is a team that's getting a lot of buzz. Um, a team that went eight and nine last season. The win total is set at nine. 
I think there was a lot of negativity around the end of Zimmer's tenure. Um, it seems like people seem to think that this new coach from the Rams, um, is it O'Connell? Kevin O'Connell, right? Yep. Mm-hmm is going to bring some life into that offense. And, oh, man, Kirk Cousins could have a crazy passing year. Justin Jefferson could be the best receiver in football. And um, I don't know how to feel about the Vikings. Seems like there's a little bit of hype. And I, I really don't know if it's justified. I think people are making a lot of assumptions. Uh, what do the dads think? How many how many primetime games does Kirk get this year? Yeah, Kirk. Yeah. I guess that's that's what you gotta look out first, right? How many times does old Kirky have to wait around all day? <laughs> yeah. When does he get to fire off at one PM? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm only seeing two I only see two prime times. Oh wow. What do you think, Neil? You got any thoughts on on Minnesota's outlook? I mean, the only thing I was going to say to your to your point is the offense the problem in Minnesota, right? I don't like I don't remember last year offense being the issue. So to say that someone's no. going to come in and breathe life into an offense, and to say can Justin Jefferson be the best wide receiver in football? Is he not in the top three, like with Jamar Chase, Jefferson, and Tyree Kill at this point? Like I don't feel like the offense in this team is the problem, right? It's the defense, which ranked thirtieth in yards per game last year with a defensive-minded head coach in Zimmer. Um, it, it, Minnesota, to me, has always just sort of been like a weird conundrum. And I think for me, that Lisa Kirk Cousins has been just this weird conundrum um, that I've never been able to figure out and have just sort of historically stayed away from. But, right, you say, like, it, is the is the narrative is, Matt, and I would agree, that can this guy come in, can O'Connell come in and release this offense? But I don't see that as being the problem with this team. Right. The problem was that they couldn't stop anybody. Um, it doesn't at the end, it doesn't matter what your team does if you can't stop anybody um, when you're going up against, you know, the likes of an Aaron Rodgers or something. Um, that to me is the problem. And when you're talking about, you know, a win total at nine and you have to go then 10 and seven. If they can't make improvements on defense, I don't think this ma- I don't think this matters, regardless of what you said of the offense, because the offense to me has not been the problem the past couple of years with this team. Yeah, I guess we'll see what happens with the defense. I mean, if the defense is bad again, I almost think that this could be a team to look for overs on. If they they have a ton of talent on offense, they play in a dome. Um, If the defense is dog shit, then these guys could be in some 28-24 games. And if there's totals in the high 40s, maybe they land in the low 50s. I guess we'll see. Yeah, I, I have heard people say that this could be a dark horse sleeper team to come out of the NFC where the NFC is a little bit weakened where it's really only the Rams and maybe the Bucks and whoever comes out of the East, the, the Vikings could be a little bit of a sleeper. So I guess we'll see if it's justified. Uh, to your point, Matt, any, yeah. 11, Minnesota was 11 and six to the over in their games last season. So they were the one, they were the one team, everyone else in the NFC North had an over under record below 500. This was the one team that the overs hit in eleven of six, you know, in eleven of six, and to that point, you have a terrible defense with an offense that can go down and really should be able to score a touchdown at any point. Week one total against the Packers, forty-eight. Chris over free money, right? <laughs> there you go, Dan. <laughs> Packers, Packers <laughs> to the over of what? 
Oh boy. Okay. Uh, the other two teams I think are really interesting. Um, do we want to start with the trendy one or the one that people really do think is going to be scum? <laughs> what do you think, Chris? You want to start with you want to start with trendy poop or smelly poop? This is Chris's warehouse, so wheelhouse. So let's give him the option. Let's go with the the deep dish cheesy pizza town. <laughs> so they, uh, I, I think people think that this might be one of the worst teams in the NFL. Really? And, wow. Yeah, I'm I'm hearing a lot of stuff about how the Bears offensive line might be the worst group in the league how their wide receiver group might be one of the worst groups in the league that this team has done nothing to help out their second year quarterback that this group didn't even draft and that they are tearing the whole thing down and this is going to be a multi-year rebuild i mean the under six and a half wins depending on where you look is juiced pretty heavily I think at DraftKings, they're minus 190 to the under six and a half. I know Chris is going to be on the Bears a lot. (laughs) What do you think, Chris? I mean, is this a team that everybody has written them off so badly that there's going to be value on betting poop? I was going to say, you just sold me on the over six and a half wins right there. (laughs) They're supposed to be the worst. They never did anything. Sign me up, baby. Yeah, that, um, I, man, it's it's funny. Like Neil said, I mean, you think of these these cold weather teams like the Steelers, like the Ravens, these you know, like the the Browns, the Packers, Vikings. They do have great defenses historically. That's how you win, right? And um, you know, like the Bears, right? Erlacher. I mean, historically, they just play tight. And so you think if they can play D and they can figure out something on offense, maybe they can hang in the. 2017 games and stuff and get a couple wins so um yeah i mean i'd love to see uh there's certain teams in the league that we always say that nfl's better when they're good i feel like it's it's fun to see the bears be good and compete against the packers and and have that like division up in the air as, as opposed to the packers waltzing year after year so i'd love to see it i'd love to see you know um that young quarterback do well and i mean seven i mean seven and Seven and ten. You're telling me seven and ten, and I'm a winner. Hey, maybe, maybe. even a plus money. Yeah. So Neil, if uh, if Chris is right, if if everybody has written them off, and there's all these negatives, but the one thing we haven't mentioned is it can't get any worse than Nagy, right? Like whatever <laughs> coach they brought in could not have been worse. <laughs> than the Matt Nagy experience. I mean, you look at any of these like high profile bears fans on Twitter, whether it's big cat, like the fact that Nagy's gone, has it, doesn't that have to be a positive in and of itself? You would think so. However, right. Adding to that, that you didn't, they didn't on the field give Justin Fields any help, but right. Ever, Everflus is a defensive minded head coach. Their offensive coordinator is now going to comes over from Green Bay as the quarterbacks coach. This is his first role as an offensive coordinator, right? So everything, right, you can build on that narrative that they haven't given them anything to work with. Um, but God, I did like I would love to fade this narrative, but it's so difficult to do so because again, we talk about scum. Bears were six and eleven straight up last year. 
six and 11 ATS. Um, you look for a positive to say, okay, well, this was, this was the sixth best defense in yards per game, but they were the 22nd best defense in points allowed. Right. So you have a huge gap. Why? Right. Probably the offense was so shitty. All the turnovers and all the mistakes led to the other team having great field position. But you then you look at the defensive side. Khalil Mack's gone. Uh, Akeem Hicks is gone. As we're recording, who knows what Roquan Smith is going to do. Right. Their best defensive player, linebackers, said that he's requested a trade, didn't got moved off the PUP list didn't show up to practice today I was as I was researching so who knows what your best defensive player is going to do it's like it's really hard to find a positive narrative but at the same time it's six it's six and a half for a reason I don't know it's a stay away I know Chris loves it it's just one of those that I can't get my head around because I literally can't find a positive thing um to say about this team I'm rooting for fields he's you know looks like he's exciting I want him to do well but God, it's hard to find something positive about this team as far as hard as you might want to look. And last but not least, America's team now. Everybody loves these guys. Everybody loves Dan Campbell. Everybody wants their team to fire their coach and hire Dan Campbell. And he's kind of a dad. But the Lions are kind of trendy as fuck. And, Chris, I need you to explain to me how a team that went – Three, thirteen, and one last season has a win total of six and a half. Juice to the over. Jared Goff. <laughs> no, yeah, it is, that, that's where that's what's trippy because we talked about them being trendy. Everyone's high on the Lions, but Vegas is too. Like, why is it so? High? Why is it not four and a half or five and a half? Why is it so high? Does someone know something? I, I don't know. They still play. You know, the Vikings are supposed to be pretty good in the, obviously, the, the Packers. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't get why. I mean, I could see, obviously, we know they were scrappy last year. Maybe that's the narrative. Look at how many close games they lost. They hung with the Rams. You know, they covered that spread. They almost beat them. They they hung with the Packers when Neil got his heart broken at uh, Kmart's house. They were bleeding. And then lose by twenty one. I mean, look at them, right? They're, Don't forget the six, the Tucker's sixty seven yard field goal. Yes, they should have beat the. Ravens. They should have beat the Ravens, yeah. and they lost on Tucker's massive field goal to yeah. lose by two. Like, and then they didn't they like dismantle the the Cardinals or something. I mean, they had some good wins, and then they had some bad, you know, close losses. So. Um, I don't know. I mean, that that I guess makes makes sense to me that people are like, look at how scrappy they were last year. They've got to win a few more, right? So, I guess that's the question, right? Is how much is just being scrappy worth in terms of actually winning games and covering spreads? Because that's the thing with Dan Campbell: it's culture, work hard, and we're going to be tough. We're going to like bite people and fucking kill people and shit. Is that actually does that translate to actually? playing well and winning and covering i'd leave the lion or go ahead chris right you'd want to take them to cover spreads but like you said just because you lose by three doesn't you didn't not get in there on the win total right yeah and we'll see what their spreads come in on like if if everybody is kind of expecting big things are they going to now be is that going to be baked into their lines are they going to only be getting three and a half or four when previously they'd be getting five and a half, six, like how much is this going to be baked into the line? This idea that, oh, they're scrappy and they're tough 
and they're going to hang in there. What do you think, Neil? I'm rooting for them. I want I want them to do well. We were big Lions backers last year. Um, did get our hearts broken, but that should be expected whenever you bet on poop. Um, I do think just with with the the pieces that they've added, um, some of the injury pieces that have come back, um, like Akuda, who was missed all last year. They did have two first round picks. They added DJ Chark. They're gonna have they're gonna have all the weapons on offense. It's can the guy who's expected in Chris's eyes to get them there, Jared Goff, does he have anything left? And so offensively, that's gonna be your question. Let's not forget, like this was a team that did get blown out, right? And I do I do see how like they they go three thirteen and one, but in their last six games they went three and three. I discount that last game that they had against Green Bay because Green Bay played Jordan Love, I think, for like th- at least a half, if not, you know, was it three quarters? Um, it worries me. If they weren't on hard knocks and it was a six and a half and over, I would actually like it even more because I would feel that they weren't overly trendy. But, you know, I just keep hearing people that said, you know, after last year and having to watch Mike McCarthy on hard knocks, that they were never going to watch Hard Knocks again because it had completely lost its luster. And now from people that I, I you know, respect and that I listen to, they say Hard Knocks is like a must-see event now because of Dan Campbell, because of, you know, all the guys that they've done and what they're doing this season. So it's it's sort of has that narrative and then putting them on the map. I think a lot of people will be rooting for them. But, I mean, you can look at week one, the Eagles, who's everyone's high on the Eagles – and Detroit's at home, and they're only catching four. Um, oh, is that up to four? I thought it was three, three and a half. Okay. It's it's up to four, yeah. Um, at least the last I saw, I got it up now. But so I just feel like it's going to be a very trendy team all season. And like I said, could have a premium. They were they were nine and eight to the you know ATS last year. I would hearken that this is probably going to be very similar with Minnesota. I think the offense can kind of gel. We saw it at the end of the season with St. Brown. I think this could be another over team that's going to have a lot of struggles on defense and a very young defense, but offensively, they should be able to move the football. Well, it's funny because you mentioned that spread, and obviously we know what side we're going to be on, and we know what side the public is going to be on. So it's funny that it's like it's a trendy over Yet almost every week on Sunday, we know where the public's going to be with the Lions. So it's like they think they might be able to get there, but they still think on a day, you know, we, oh, yeah, the Eagles by four. Yeah, that's over you know, the Lions. Yeah. So. I want to know what the line is when the Lions and Bears play because you have the, the team that everybody's really down on and then kind of the bad teams that everybody's high on. So that will be a lot of fun whenever that happens. So, all right, everybody. Thank you for listening to our NFC North preview. We've got uh, three done and we've got five more coming up between now and the start of the season. Keep an eye out for a couple of pods with guests here this week and next week. Follow everything on Twitter at Fade Sports. Subscribe to the pod and we'll catch you guys next time. Have fun in Vegas. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is fake.